A train derailed near East Palestine, Ohio, on February 3rd. The train was carrying multiple toxic chemicals that are dangerous to all living things. The residents of East Palestine were evacuated for five days so the chemicals could be burned to avoid explosion. It is unclear the true human and environmental impact this spill will have. Information keeps changing, and there are questions about the truthfulness of the information that has been released. Hey, everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. Hello, how's it going? You know, the sun is shining. It is a beautiful day. I'm feeling encouraged. Right? Getting some blue sky today. Yeah. We haven't had much lately, so that's pretty great. Yeah. Love it, love it. Well, this is our Wednesday episode, and let's just jump right into it. We have got all kinds of interesting stuff to share with you today, but I think we're going to kick it off with, well, some WTF news. Well, uh, WTF. <laughs> oh, no. This, this would be a Florida man case, if it, if it, but it didn't happen in Florida. But it could have been. Mm-hmm. This, this guy stole a funeral home van with the body oh, inside. <gasps> what? In Rockford, Illinois. What? Why? Why? His name is Dion Howard. And yeah, and what are you doing with your life, man? Really? A gentleman who had died, a 47-year-old man, I'm not going to name him because why? He doesn't deserve that. Uh, He died and dude had 12 children. And he was 47, he had a heart attack and he died. Funeral home, (coughs) pardon me, Uh, picked up his body to take him to... Bless you. Yeah, to hold him there in Illinois until they could uh, move his body, transfer his body to Mississippi to his family. So that's oh. kind of what the process was uh, in, in route to do. Yeah. Um, but this van was out in front of the funeral home and it was stolen. And surveillance uh, pulled up this di- dude's face, this Dion. And so the police pretty much knew who had the van and he was headed towards Chicago. Uh, so of course, this is a horrific thing, you know, uh, to, to have, have happened. Right. Well, they find the van the next day in Chicago with no Dion and no body. <gasps> what? Like, you and didn't just steal the van accidentally with a body in it? Like, uh, then they wondered, like, is this like a organ harvesting thing? Like, what are they? Why do they want a dead body? Like, what the hell is happening here? Right. Later that day, the body is found in an alleyway, just thrown out of the van in an alley, except for that he's completely naked. And he wasn't completely naked when the funeral home had him. Oh, my God. What the hell? Dion, what the hell? Dude. So 
Dion, of course, is being charged with, uh, he, he, as far as I know, he's still at large, but he is being charged with unlawful possession of a stolen vehicle and abuse of a corpse. Uh, this guy's poor family then also has gone through the ringer with the funeral home. You know, and, and I'm, I share this story because we have had a lot of cases the last couple of years of funeral homes breaking the law, doing some really sketchy stuff. Yeah, we we have. Yeah, I think we have begun to realize that there's a lot of corruption mm-hmm. in mortuaries and a lot of just fucked up shit going on in that yes. industry. So here's what the end of this article really grabbed me. The funeral home director, Brandy Collins, was reportedly fined for unprofessional conduct, failure to account for personal property, and aiding and assisting unlicensed practice. Yeah. Around this case? Yeah. So what the, so some shit had already gone down with them. Mm-hmm. Or was before. going down with them. Yes. And then Dion stole the body. Oh, my God. And she is has been refusing to speak to the uh, the dead man's family. And they're trying to arrange to get this body moved. This happened in January, so I'm trusting that this has happened now. But uh, they just oh, want the moving body to be moved to Mississippi. Right. And they can't get this fool to talk to them on the phone after she allowed the body to be stolen. I mean, what was it doing in a van out in front of the building anyway? Aren't they supposed to, like, park in their... They have places where they can pull in with bodies. I'm I wasn't sure there's stuff sure if this was a part of the transport of this body back to Mississippi or if they had just, uh, you know, just received this body and they hadn't done so yet, or if this had sat out there way longer than it should have. I have a lot of questions. Well, uh, yeah. But, like uh, why? And I researched quite a bit to try to answer them and the answers just aren't there. Yeah. But uh, my God. Wow. Well, that's horrifying. And Dion, you're an asshole. So I just think it's a further uh, message to, Really know, know the funeral home that you are using. You know, we after that horrible funeral home incident here in Idaho a couple of years ago at Downard, we have been stunned at how many funeral homes we have discovered that are operating illegally. You know, harvesting and selling parts, all kinds of horrific things. Yeah. Read reviews, talk to people, like know where you're sending your loved ones because just because they have you know a sign on the door does not mean that they're a reputable place at all no not at all yeah most definitely do your research go with someone trusted mm-hmm. um, make sure it's yeah. good and seems clean and mm-hmm. you know i i think a lot of times what happens is that people have an unexpected death and they don't know who to call they don't know what to do they're in total shock and stupid right. stuff happens because you're not you don't know what to do yeah so uh now, just a heads up that we need to be insisting that our states hold our funerary services to the highest standard possible. And we Absolutely. need to, as consumers, really know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I Most definitely. I mean, even with Downard, there many people had received ashes that turned out to not even be human ashes. Yeah. Like, they don't yeah. even know where their loved ones went. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, yep. that's a way to kick off a Wednesday. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. All right. (laughs) 
You may have heard, and probably you haven't, because there has not been nearly enough media coverage and concern over this. But on February 3rd, there was a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And this train, um, the whole thing is under the NTSB investigation. They are trying to figure out what caused the train to derail. I did mm-hmm report today where on video they can see a bearing in one of the train's wheels um, heating up and giving up mm-hmm. on video. So that may be part of it. We don't know totally yet. But what has gone down with this derailment and after for the town of mm-hmm. East Palestine and frankly for Ohio, the Ohio River, potentially the Mississippi River, and from there the ocean is very concerning. And there's a lot of um, mixed information about what have the, the chemicals that were being carried in this train and the long-term environmental impact and human impact. So mm-hmm. cover it because it is it this is environmental crime. This ultimately yeah. will probably be seen as environmental crime. Oh yeah. And environmental crime is something we need to keep a real close eye on because it is frequently happening and destroying water supplies and destroying natural habitats and soil and mm-hmm. risking air quality animals yes yeah. air quality and you know you start getting reports that um, over time change and you realize that there's a lot of lying going on and mm-hmm. this is one of those cases so originally what was said is that this train was carrying vinyl chloride. And vinyl Mm -hmm. chloride is a very dangerous chemical. It is a carcinogen and Mm -hmm. is most certainly not something you want in your air or water or anywhere around you ever Mm -hmm. or or big water supplies. So um, when the train derailed, it started on fire and the... Uh, train company was very concerned that there would be a, a giant explosion, which can happen. Mm-hmm. It could have wiped out this little town. So they evacuated the town. Mm-hmm. They dug these trenches along the downed rail cars and put holes in them. Let this vinyl chloride run out into the earth, guys. And then they lit it on fire. Oh my God. That was their um, brilliant solution for cleanup. I'm going to use some Mark means air quotes here. (laughs) This is how we clean it up is we burn it. Yeah. Um, So then when you burn it, it becomes hydrogen chloride, I think in the air, um, which is also not good to be Mm -hmm. breathing. So the residents of, um, East Palestine were they were they were forced to evacuate and if you didn't evacuate you would be arrested mm-hmm. so they evacuated them for five days well here's the problem people a lot farther away from this spill than just East Palestine started having symptoms mm-hmm. difficulty breathing sore throats um, there have been reports of people's livestock sick or dying yeah. Um, one woman, there was video that she showed that all of her chickens just died in their coop, like just mm-hmm. all like laying down dead. Yeah. And there was no evidence of any kind of a predator, like they didn't have any injuries. Yeah. 
Uh, there's another man who protect who has a fox sanctuary, and two of his foxes got really sick, and one of them died. Oh. And the other one's face swelled all up. Oh my God! So you know immediately. Everyone's saying it's fine. It's not that is it's not that serious. This isn't that dangerous. Blah 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 blah. Right. You know the shit that happens when these things come down. Oh yeah. The 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 um cover your ass that happens happens very quickly. Oh yeah. And the people living in the area are like, we are not feeling that you're being honest with us. We're really yeah. concerned about safety here because now. They have to haul away tons and tons and tons of dirt that is contaminated. Yeah. Something like 700 feet this way and eight feet deeper. It might be yards, 700 yards yeah. in length and eight feet deep under these trenches where they've, um, where they've poured this chemical right into the ground. Um, they also have tankers full of around a million gallons of contaminated water that now has to be dealt with. Where oh, my God. Where does this water go? I'm not sure. Yeah. And is there a way to actually genuinely neutralize vinyl chloride? Good question. Where does all of that contaminated stuff go? Because it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. So... I want to read to you, um, this is this is an article from WKBN News. Uh, they're in Ohio. And this is an article with, a, with a, an interview with Sil Cagliano. And Sil Cagliano is a hazardous materials specialist. Mm -hmm. And um, first, what we found out is that there were actually uh, three more chemicals, and now it's come to five, that there were five total chemicals released in this spill, not just the one that they've made the big deal about. Mm -hmm. And that those are also dangerous chemicals. Sil Cagliano says, we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a rail get a railroad open. Yep. Now, you may recall that at the end of last year, there were there was big problems between the unions and the um, railroad and that there was going to be a strike and the white house actually stepped in and, and tried mm -hmm. to with that. And it was over like benefits and paid time off and stuff like that. One of the things that's come out of that is that there aren't enough, the railroads don't have enough employees. Mm -hmm. They're running on skeleton crews. And because they're running on skeleton crews, it is this huge concern that they're not maintaining their trains the way that uh -huh. they should. maintenance isn't happening the way that it should be happening. And when that falls to the wayside, what you have is derailments. Yeah. Well, and there was also a bunch of deregulation of safety for yes. the rails uh, yes. back in, I think, 2018. Yeah. In the Trump administration. It, yeah. This just made it much easier to uh, right. operate in really unsafe ways. Right. So during the Obama administration, there was an attempt to reclassify a lot of the chemicals that are currently being hauled in trains and also in semis. And mm -hmm. feel free to look up the horrendous spill that just happened in Arizona yeah. in a semi. Um, 
but there was an attempt to reclassify a bunch of these chemicals to require the transportation agencies to have better protection for, mm-hmm. you know, all of the living things on this planet. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the chemical companies and the railroad companies, they have big lobbyists. And so that didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then during the Trump administration, they actually deregulated a bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. vinyl chloride is not considered uh, through regulation as hazardous a chemical as it actually is. No. When trains are carrying like super hazardous chemicals with certain classifications, and I don't know them all, but they have to have these special brakes on them that help to prevent derailment. So if Mm -hmm. something's going wrong, it can stop the cars Mm -hmm. to keep this from happening, to keep these spills from happening. But, you know, the railroad wouldn't want to have to spend any extra money to protect, I don't know, everyone. Mm -hmm. And so they fought really hard to not get that regulation in place. Mm -hmm. So these cars don't have those special brakes. Let me tell you a little bit more about what they learned in talking to Sil Cagliano. Yeah. Um, Now what we found is that... um, Ethylene glycol, monobutyl ether, mm-hmm. ethyl hexyl acrylate, and isobutylene were also in the cars that were derailed, that breached, or, or that were on fire. Um, Cagliano says ethyl hexyl ac- acrylate is especially worrisome. He says it is a carcinogen, and contact with it can cause burning and irritation in the skin and eyes. Breathing it in can irritate the nose and throat and cause coughing and shortness of breath. They've tried to totally blow off all the people with sore throats. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be happening. Except, yes, it, it totally could. Right. Yeah. Isobutylene is also known to cause dizziness and drowsiness when it is inhaled. Agiano says, I was surprised when they quickly told the people they can go back home. But then said if they feel like their home's... Uh, if they want their homes tested, they can have them tested. Oh, sure. By you guys. Like, like you cool. have to ask for testing. He said, I would have far rather they did all the testing. Right. Why do you have to ask for it? They should have done all the testing and been mm-hmm. sure of safety before letting anybody go back home. But that is Absolutely. not what they did. He says it's possible that some of these chemicals could actually still be present in homes and on objects until they are cleaned mm. Uh thoroughly he said there are a lot of what ifs and we're going to be looking at this thing 5 10 15 20 years down the line and wondering gee cancer clusters could pop up you know well water could go bad yeah he recommended that anyone in east palestine or anywhere in this area go get a health checkup like get a physical get it on record where your health stands now Mm -hmm. so that moving forward you'll have documented any effects possibly related to the train derailment Mm, that's a good so idea. that if you need to sue these this this rail line later mm-hmm. on, you can that you have some kind of evidence. Yeah, but also just to make sure you're okay. Yeah, because it's pretty clear they're not being honest about this. Well, and then also get your well tested at least yes. once a year. It is not hard. Most states you get it tested through the health department, but you could probably send it off to a third party lab too if you trust that more. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not a big deal to get your well tested. Yeah. It's not that expensive. I think it's like $15, maybe $30 at the max. Not a big deal. Get yeah. your well tested over and over again. 
Well, and they've been telling people who are on wells in this area to be using bottled water. Oh, I'm sure. Now, one of the things that's really being downplayed is the chemicals that went right into the Ohio River. Yeah. There is a plume of chemicals traveling about a mile a day down the Ohio River. And so they're telling um, people to, like, if they're drawing water out of the river, that when the plumes come in close to shut those pumps off and to keep um, uncovered water covered. Because, you know, it's water. So stuff is just going to stay in one place, right? Right. Like this hasn't, I mean, give me a fucking break. Because it's not leaching out into everything, please. Right. Yeah. It, but that's a what they're plume. Saying. It's not a sealed package. Right. It's headed for the Mississippi River. Once it hits the Mississippi River, it will then go to the ocean. Now, they're saying that the Ohio River is really big and can dilute this till it's just nothing at all. And oh, sure. that's what's being said. I don't believe it for a second because no. we've already seen evidence of lying about mm -hmm. this and downplaying this and not being honest with the people who have been directly exposed simply mm -hmm. by living in that community. And so that's why I wanted to share this story. First of all, mm -hmm. I talked to a friend in Ohio who lives three hours from this who had no idea it had happened. Yeah. They said it wasn't even on their news. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what in the hell? You know, mm -hmm. this is being covered up yeah, and it's being downplayed. And, 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 mm -hmm. you know, they're acting like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, it's those anecdotal reports just don't, they don't really tell us anything. Yeah, bullshit, they don't. Mm -hmm. Why are those things happening to people now that weren't happening before this spill happened? I mean, come on. So I wanted to make sure that this information spreads so that mm -hmm. people are aware. Um, if you live in the area, please go get a health checkup mm -hmm. and get a baseline and make sure that you're okay. Mm -hmm. Request the testing in your house. They have to provide it. Here's the thing. The railroad has to stay in the area. The The governor of Ohio is furious over this mm -hmm. and has come out to say, Mike DeWine is his name, and he has come out to say mm -hmm. that downplaying this as though it's not a major thing is bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that he is holding the railroad company responsible and that they're going to be there for all the cleanup, that yeah. there will be testing provided. Like, this should not be costing anyone anything. Right. Get everything tested. Get your house tested. Get your air quality tested. Go to the doctor. Do all the things you can for yourself mm -hmm. and for your animals. Well, right. This is a rural area. I mean, I mean we're talking about farmers and, and people who live rural that probably don't have a lot of money Small and, and resources and then being evacuated like they were abruptly yeah. and now back home. Uh, the financial ramifications to these people that are going to go on for time immemorial is just right. unconscionable. I, yeah, it's it's so maddening. And here's the thing. You might not live in East Palestine, but it could happen to you too. Hell this yeah, it could. It could happen to any of us because these regulations affect everybody in this Absolutely. country. Yep. These lack of regulations. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's terrifying. And I think about like food for livestock. You know, you've yeah. got hay or grain or, um, you know, anything like that sitting outside in the open air. They burned those chemicals. 
Yeah. That smoke was this giant plume. Mm-hmm. Where did those particles that were in that smoke come down at? Yeah. What are they stuck to? Mm-hmm. That's what Cagiano was saying is that, you know, their outdoor equipment and things like that could be um, contaminated. Mm-hmm. That you should wash everything before you use it, wash things down, but consider like even removing the top layer of your hay or anything that's out there mm-hmm. before you feed it to your livestock because you might yeah, just be but feeding your them livestock that was also outside. Because yeah. what does a farmer do when they get evacuated? Their livestock yeah. is left behind. Right. And they probably actually had to come back every day and take care of their animals. Well, yeah, they did. They can't, you can't just not feed them, not water them. And so the evacuation was probably fairly pointless for a lot of people, but also their livestock are all contaminated. Right. Well, what about nearby ponds and lakes? Yeah. Still water. There's nowhere, you know, to just magically carry those chemicals away. And magically carrying them away just means taking them somewhere else mm-hmm. to hurt more people and animals. Yeah. So no, if you're so in Ohio, get loud over this and make sure you're protecting yourself. If you're anywhere near this, make sure that you are getting your baseline health taken care of, that you're, you know, cleaning everything outdoors that needs to be cleaned. Get your air quality checked. Get it all done to make sure that you're okay and safe. Um, but I think we have to get much louder about these kinds of spills and disasters because there are ways to prevent them and transportation companies don't use them because it costs more money and money is, as we know, always more important than actual than people. things. Yep. And this is just another one of those cases. So please educate yourself. Look at what's going around in your community. Check with your health department. What are they seeing? And, you know, protect yourselves. But we really have to be aware of what are what are our elected officials doing mm-hmm. about protecting us and this planet yeah. from environmental disasters like this. Right. Well, re- regulation is not the way to go. No. And environmental crimes are crimes against all living beings on this planet. They're crimes against humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Crimes against the planet. Mm -hmm. And deregulation does not mean that these companies will just regulate themselves. Because no, they won't. They They will not regulate themselves. They're going to do what's cheapest. The only way to make sure that they're doing what is safest is to require it and force it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got to wake up to that. There's so much belief that, you know, oh, they'll just do the right thing. Bullshit, they will. They don't. Companies don't do the right thing. They do the profitable thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing in this. So we'll keep you updated if we find out more about this situation. Uh, But in the meantime, Katie, I think you have some crime news for us. I do. Tell you about this bag of warm mayonnaise left out of. Good Lord, right? Mm -hmm. This is Heber Jeffs. Jeffs. Yeah. That's right. That Jeffs. Yeah. He is the nephew of the Jeffs leader of the fundamentalist uh, LDS church. And he has been on the lam now for a couple of months with a 10 year old girl. God. So he is the nephew, of course, of Warren Jeffs. 
And Warren Jeffs has been in prison now for quite some time for many crimes against children, sex trafficking crimes against children, among other things. And he has been putting out some new uh, prophecies to his people that they are to gather the women and wait for further instruction. Gather the women. What the fuck, man? And I think, I mean, besides the fact that I wanted to share this story for lots of reasons, uh, we need to really, really be aware. And I really hope that the FBI is becoming extremely aware of these uh, polygamous groups right now because they seem to think something's coming. There's lots of ends of time and apocalyptic talk. And now we're gathering the women. That is scary as hell with these people. That is really scary. That could be leading up to some mass killing or mass suicide or Mm -hmm. who the hell knows. Mm -hmm. So here's what happened with this little girl. Her mother was, of course, a polygamist, a part of the Jeff's clan. And she left the church. When you leave that church, you become an enemy of that church. You can't just leave. It's a cult. You can't just leave. Well, she had a little girl who has basically been being raised by Heber and his wife since she was little. Really common. One of the things that they do to keep women in these groups is that they farm their children out. And... You're allowed to see them. You're allowed to spend time with them. You're allowed to access them, but they, you don't raise them. And they do that so that women feel like they have to stay. Well, she has since left the cult and is trying to get her uh, freedom from them and went to Heber and said, I want my daughter back. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, he didn't have any legal claim to this child. Right. Because they don't do anything through the courts because they can't. No, because polygamy is illegal. Yeah. And so he refused. Supposedly, uh, it was a revelation from Warren that he was supposed to hang on to this child as a, as a part of gathering the women. She's 10. She's 10. She's yeah. not women. She's a little girl. Yeah. So, of course, the mother went to... Uh, I believe this Hebrew is her brother, but uh, she went to the police and said, I, I'm trying to get my child back. And so the police showed up there to get her back because, again, they had no legal claim to keep this child. Right. And he was gone on the run with her since <sighs> December. Oh. And he's been on the run with her now for two and a half months. Uh, this woman has done some local interviews, actually local to us, talking about this missing child and her fears about this and wondering where they're going to take her because they have their little compounds all over the place. Right. Um, some of which are here where we live yeah. and other places. Yeah. And anyway, so, but the FBI has been involved, thank God, keeping an eye on this situation. And they discovered him over the weekend in Minot, North Dakota and arrested him. And we managed managed to uh, extract the child safely. And she's on her way home to her parents now, who, again, have uh, extradited themselves right out of this cult and are trying to get safety from them. And now they will have their daughter back. 
he's being held in North Dakota. Uh, he went to court yesterday and waived uh, his right to uh, an extradition hearing. So he's on his way back to Utah here shortly to be held accountable. Now, we can only hope that Utah really holds him accountable. Uh, they right. should. I mean, they could hold him right now on child trafficking charges or, or charge him with child trafficking, kidnapping, evading. There's a bunch of things, and, and they're still uh, shoring up what charges he's going to have. But uh, they need to be stiff. Not to mention, are there sexual assault, assault charges? I right. mean, is this child pregnant? Right. They, unfortunately, these are all questions that need to be answered because it's very possible. Well, I sure as hell hope not, because she'll be taken yeah. back to Utah or Idaho, where she probably won't be able to have an abortion. So, right. uh, it's so gross what is happening with these cults. And it just makes me think about, you guys, we've reported a couple of times recently about another guy that was picked up because he was driving around with a U-Haul that had a couch and some chairs and a bucket for a toilet in it yep. that was full of little girls. Yep. That were a part of his cult. Now his his polygamy cult. Now his group, he's so bad that the FLDS kicked him out. Yeah. Warren Jeffs kicked him out. That's saying something. When right? pedophile in prison, Warren Jeffs mm -hmm. kicks you out because you're mm -hmm. too extreme even for him. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. He was arrested with, I believe, 15 or 17 young girls. Yeah. But uh People gathered... saw them putting their hands out through the gap in yeah. the in the door of that U-Haul trailer, like on the highway. Mm -hmm. and, the, and they called the police because there were obviously people in there. In there. And it's yep. just awful. It's all these little girls with those weird braided hairdos and long dresses. and. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, I could spot a, a polygamous child from a mile away. Oh, personally, yeah. Because yeah, I we see, see them all around here. In the grocery stores. Yeah. Yep, we see them all around here. But the thing that really grabbed me on this one, I mean, thank God this child is safe. But the thing that yes. really grabbed me was that uh, gather the women prophecy. What is going on? Yeah. What are they planning? Because they've been they letting doing? Jeff's govern them from prison this whole time. Mm -hmm. The fact that he is allowed to govern them from prison. That he's allowed to have any contact shocking. with the outside world is disgusting. Yep. He shouldn't. He should not be allowed to send letters, speak to anyone just for the safety of the women and children in his sect. Well, and truly, if uh, they can prove that Heber Jeffs ran with this child on his uh, orders. Yeah. Why isn't that enough to block him off from the outside world? Right. Why isn't it? Why is he allowed to do this? I am so disgusted. Yeah. So we're going to keep keeping an eye. Uh, luckily, it seems like East Idaho News is keeping a pretty sharp eye. They've done a few different interviews with uh, mm -hmm. post-polygamy women recently. Yes, they uh, have. There's another missing child in our area uh, that uh, her mother believes that she has joined a different polygamist group and is having a hell of a time finding her. And we're just going to keep on it because this stuff needs, we need to have eyes on these things. This is getting scary. It's been scary all along, but right. I'm worried. Right. I'm worried Obviously, about Obviously, there's some stuff. Some shit is going down right now with these groups. It is. So anyway, there you have it. Wow. Well, thank you for that. That was a pretty intense episode. <laughs> well, as always, see something, say something. Yeah. It's the best that we can do. Mm -hmm. You see something, you speak up about it. You report it. 
yeah. people that saw those those fingers poking out of that trailer mm -hmm. saved probably saved the lives of those people. Absolutely. Um, so as always, we have to speak up. We have to be loud. Mm -hmm. That's why we do what we do. You know, yep. true crimers get slammed for just being salacious and sick and into crime. That's not mm -hmm. true. I mean, at mm -hmm. least for us, it's not true. We want to make a difference in this world and bringing mm -hmm. these stories to you and educating you is mm -hmm. a huge part of that so that we can all be better educated and aware of what's yeah. going on in our own communities. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, this is our Wednesday episode. We'll be back tonight with Wednesday night case updates. That's our live stream at 7 p.m. Mountain. Mm -hmm. And if you are a member of our YouTube channel subscription, uh, tonight is the cold read party as well. And that is at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, 8, 8 to 8.15 ish mountain mm -hmm. um, after the uh, case updates live stream. So stay with us. We have lots more great programming to come. And as always, we are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.